to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. Welcome to Gladiatrix. I'm your host, Malini Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Today, we're speaking with Deb Words. Deb grew up in a house full of brothers, and even though she helped manage the business, she was never acknowledged for her business acumen. The first person in her family to go off to college, Deb talks about how her anxiety pushed her out of her comfort zone, her reaction when she found out she was having a girl, and how when you choose your words mindfully, you can effectively express what you want and get results. Hey, good morning, Deb. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay, so um, I, I have, we've talked before and I've heard your story and I'm sure there are lots of other women who, would, um, who could kind of relate because we've all been in similar situations, had similar upbringing. So why don't you talk about you know, how your uh, upbringing was when you're surrounded pretty much in a male-dominated household and how that kind of conditioned your way of thinking in, you know, where you are today. So do you want to just start off with, um, you know, your, initially, your initial years um, being pretty much brought up in a, in a household full of brothers? Um, yes. Actually, I, of, I have four brothers, but I only grew up with one of them. Okay. And, but the, the environment in both of the houses, it was the Mm seventies and it was very, the women have this, this kind of role and the men have this role. And a lot of the, the women, like the moms didn't work and Mm -hmm. they were just like, kind of, Oh, let's go sit by the pool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it it was terrible because they were all, um, they were all so, Bored all the time. That mm-hmm. was just my impression. Even as a kid, mm-hmm. they they just their their lives were in a way they were they were kind of empty. But that was just the expectation. Nobody had it. Wasn't even oh, I want to get a job. That mm-hmm. was just their role. It was just to stay home and mm-hmm. and and with the you know the the fathers went to work mm-hmm. and uh, and and like my my father i grew up with my mom and my stepfather mm-hmm. and my dad is in a very uh, male dominated industry mm-hmm. um he has his own business and it's uh they sell high performance auto parts mm-hmm. and they build race engines and my stepfather that i grew up with he was a carpenter mm-hmm. so again like very um only men in mm-hmm. these industries and they to this day have these attitudes about women and, and mm-hmm. I love my dad dearly don't mm-hmm. get me wrong and we get along gray now right. um, but put a pin in that because <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that was a journey right but right. um but with like my my stepfather it never even occurred to him to teach me how to swing a hammer mm-hmm. or anything about his own industry because mm-hmm. well that was just something guys did right and those roles even in school whether it was and um, we try I I I teach math at the college level mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and it's a big push in the industry to get girls involved in math and in science. Right. But but back in in 
back when I was growing up, nobody pushed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in school, it, it was just like nobody expected girls to go into into math and, and sciences. It's like it was very rare to see a female lawyer or a, a doctor. Like right. girls, girls were nurses if they wanted to go into or a the, teacher, right? Yeah, or they, they were a teacher. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 again, that was just the the culture, right? And I remember one time my dad had asked me, I was in high school and he said, Oh, um, would you help me, um, type up estimates because my handwriting is terrible. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I started doing it and, and I started questioning things he did. Well, did you really mean to, to say this? Mm-hmm. And, um, as I started to get to, to know what he was doing and he's like, Oh, you're right. Yeah. I did mean to write that. And, and he's like, wow, you're really, you're really good at this. You're going to make somebody a good secretary someday. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and even then I turned around and I said to him, I said, no, I'm going to have a secretary one day. Right. Right. And, um, and it was a similar kind of situation. I ended up, um, all of my, my brothers and I, at some point worked with my dad in, in the auto parts store. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for eight years and, and I actually was in, my my dad and I and the bookkeeper and a couple of the people were all like in the same room. Mm-hmm. And my my dad and I, we were at like, we would fight all the time because again, he just saw me as this little girl who was, oh, you just sit there and, and, and do your typing and whatever. And, and like I did so many different things to help him in his business. And I learned mm-hmm. so many aspects of the business, right. but his attitude towards me was that, well, because you've never built an engine, you can't understand my business. Right. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't really think that that's true because you have people working on your counter that yes, of course they know more about cars and, Mm -hmm. and, um, more, more, they know more about cars than I do as far Mm -hmm. as the nuts and bolts and Mm -hmm. what manifold to sell somebody. Right. But I still knew as far as the business, I was a very good business person mm-hmm. and, and I still knew a lot. And mm-hmm. so when it came time to, well, let's start grooming people for the next generation when mm-hmm. he and his partners wanted to retire, it was, oh, well, you're going to be an instrumental part in, in helping them someday. Again, that secretarial Very role. Well, right. and, and, and it was really a, like a, a sticking point that mm-hmm. he wouldn't even consider offering me. Mm-hmm. A position, you know, he wouldn't even consider offering me becoming a, a partner and being one of the people who bought his business. Right. So did you ever fight for that, or did you just kind of let it go? Um, oh no, we had definite conversations about it, mm-hmm. and and again, he just he didn't agree, mm-hmm. and and even to this day, we can't even really talk about it. Our relationship <laughs> has has mended, um, and he respects me for all the accomplishments that that I've done at, right. you know, since owned my own business and. And he was a, a very good um, advisor mm-hmm. um, if I needed to go to him for, for something and, mm-hmm. and super supportive, um, proud of everything I've done now, but we still can't even go back and, and talk about those days, mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, about like why you wouldn't consider me to be. And cause he doesn't even see it. He right. doesn't see that the only reason that he didn't consider that was because I'm a girl. Right. Right. And, and you just, and after a while you have to, I had to, just let it go. Right. Yeah, you couldn't change his mind. I mean, I don't think in that, in those days and that age, you know, I don't think they ever paid attention to anything the girl said. 
Because it was like, no, you don't definitely know. not. Like, yeah. And, and he doesn't even see the, the bias that he has even right. now. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, and he's, and you, like I said, he's a wonderful person right. and good and, and loving and, and, and I love him like crazy. But as when it comes to things like that, he's just blind to it. So then what, what happened after, you know, you spent all that time in the auto parts store, what happened after? It, well, it got to a point where, um, it, it got a little crazy because my, my father had three of the partners, mm-hmm. but two of them worked back in the machine shop. Mm-hmm. So his other partner, Jimmy, who was somebody that, you know, the, the, your mm-hmm. father's friends that you called your air quotes, uncle, uncle, right? Yeah. Like you've known them forever. Like, mm-hmm. well, it's like, he was my father's partner and I actually got really close to him and it, and he, uh, my father would, would drive him crazy for, for different reasons. <laughs> and, but he saw the what was going on as far as the dynamic between mm-hmm. father and daughter mm-hmm. and and he he would try and like run interference a little bit mm-hmm. and and he would be the person that I would go to mm-hmm. to um to vent okay when things were getting really bad mm-hmm. but then um Jimmy got lung cancer oh and okay. it was two years of of all I mean this is also my father's best one of my father's best friends. Right. So we all watched him because we were all working together. Mm-hmm. We all spent two years watching Jimmy die of lung cancer. Right. And it was hard on everybody. And then, mm-hmm. and my, my dad just tried to go move forward with it. Mm-hmm. But again, men of that generation are not right. in touch with their emotions. Nope. And so I tried to, from the back end, support him and do some of the things like as Jimmy got really sick mm-hmm. and couldn't even come in anymore, mm-hmm. I started to take on like some more responsibilities and, and whatnot. And it was very much taken for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just the more I did and the more that it wasn't recognized, not that I need somebody to pat me on the back and say, add a girl. Right. But it just, it got to be awkward because he, we were kind of, we were fighting more. Right. And, and he didn't see that how much I, he, he just didn't see how much I was, I was helping. And, um, and with Jimmy not being there as the buffer anymore, Mm -hmm. right. It it was getting really bad, but I, I, and, and I was stuck because I felt like if I, like it was healthy for me to leave, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to leave my dad because I knew he was going through a lot. And and so what ended up happening is I started having very bad panic attacks mm-hmm. and it got to the point where I could barely even leave my house okay. and I was, and I wasn't going to work. Right. And that was, I, I always say that panic attacks are the things that, that, that free me mm-hmm. because if I'm not dealing with my issues mm-hmm. and that's well, I I've learned other coping skills since then, mm-hmm. but back then, back when I was like turning 30 and, and everything was hitting the fan, mm-hmm. um, including this, cause this all happened just as I was turning 30. Okay. That milestone birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ended up um, ha- is, is the panic attack saved me because they pulled me out of the situation. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the world wasn't going to, like the business was not going to fall apart without me there. Right. And, and I knew he was going to be mad and feel betrayed mm-hmm. when I left, mm-hmm. but I had to. Right. And, yeah. and, and he, he was, he was initially, but I said to him, I'll come back and I'll train anybody as much as, as it need be. Mm-hmm. And once he saw that, then he just, he let me go and, and our relationship then could heal. Okay. That was good. So you had to do it for your own self-preservation. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. 
So then, and then what happened after that? Um, I ended up going back to a company that I was, I had worked for right after college. Mm -hmm. And that was, um, I, I liked the atmosphere there. I liked the, the people, but mm -hmm. it was really a, a type of place where they expected, like, if you wanted to get promoted at that place, mm -hmm. you had to work at least 60 hours a week. Wow. And okay. it was like to come in at nine o'clock was to come in late, late, even though that was your start time. Right. It was that yeah, kind of- If you're of, on time, you're late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, and it became like a competition. It's like, who could get there? Um, yeah. Who could get there earlier? Okay. Um, because then, then it's like, oh, well, that person then would be considered more promotable. Right. And it, it was a, um, it, it was, it was again, not a healthy situation. And, yep. and I, I just, I, <laughs> Um, I, I, I like to work. And so I tend to tended to gravitate to places where I would just be working, 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 mm -hmm. and then there was nothing else. Right. Um, so then when I was going to get married and, and I was going to move, that got me out of, out of that job. That situation too, right? Yeah. And um, I ended up um, having kids and then going back to school, which brought me to, to teaching math to, mm -hmm. to where I am now. Mm -hmm. In the process of that, um, in 2010, I was offered an opportunity to, um, to, to buy a, a yoga studio, mm -hmm. which, which I did. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely a, because I always felt like I was very natural with, mm -hmm. with business. When I was in college, mm -hmm. they asked me to, to manage this ice cream shop mm -hmm. that was like, nobody went to. Mm -hmm. And, and and I looked at it and I said, well, that's because they're, the signs are all old. Wrong. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, and, and why, like during finals week, how is there no ice cream? Like they, right. sold, so they sold Hagen dazs ice cream. That was like mm -hmm. the, the rage back then. Okay. And, um, and, and like, there was never anything like people would come in and they'd be like, oh, do you have this? It's like, well, no. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I wonder how much we could sell if we actually had inventory and we were actually opening consistently. Right. And if all the, the signs, you know, the signs showed everything that we had and, mm -hmm. and it was amazing because the sales increased like 300% and they wow. were like, wow, you're a miracle worker. And I'm like, no, this is just common just, sense. Right. Right. Sometimes you need somebody from the outside to come in and tell them because they're so deep that they can't even see. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like getting back to the fundamentals. And that's what ended up happening with the yoga studio. The woman that owned it, she had founded it mm -hmm. and she did great. She was a great yoga teacher mm -hmm. and people just flocked to her. It was all word of mouth. And she was the first person to say, I'm not a good business person. Mm -hmm. She literally, it was the honor system. Mm -hmm. She had a, a, a a, a box in mm -hmm. the back of the studio on a table mm -hmm. and, and she had like singles and fives and whatever. Mm -hmm. And you just went in and you made, you put your 20 in and you made your own change. Mm -hmm. It was just, and if somebody didn't pay, she mm -hmm. would never know. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. So, and, so and, for you, business just comes naturally. I mean, you look at a situation, you look where they're failing, you look at what needs to be fixed and you go and fix it. And next thing you turn around and then they've like made a 300% you know, change from what it used to be, right? Yes. And that's what ended up happening also with the yoga studio because she ended up um, she ended up getting a divorce. And mm -hmm. so now she's working at UPS because now she needs health insurance mm -hmm. and she's going out with her, with her girlfriends. Cause it's, you know, she's, she's a single girl mm -hmm. and suddenly like, because she's not putting anything, she's not teaching, teaching right. as much. And it's, she starts farming it out to other people. And now they're like, 
the the domain for the website expired for two years there was no there was no website mm -hmm. um, she stopped there she had little pieces of paper that mm -hmm. had the the schedule right. like when people were teaching mm -hmm. and and after a while she got bored with with, with doing, you know, with like mm -hmm. having the schedules there. Mm -hmm. So there were no schedules. Mm -hmm. And so nobody knew when anybody was teaching, it was just kind of word of mouth. If you knew Aaron, oh, well then, you know, Aaron teaches Tuesdays and Thursday nights. But other than that, it was just a free for all. That That's no way to run a business. Not if you want to make money anyway. No, absolutely not. And, um, and they would just, they, I, God bless these teachers because they put up with the fact that she would get six months behind on payroll. Wow. And then she would catch up to be four months behind and then she would get six months behind. <laughs> right. I mean, she literally had no sign outside her studio. It was just that everybody knew mm -hmm. that there was a yoga studio there. Like, so now it, this was like 10 years ago, like this, 2010. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, it was 2010 that finally she decided, I'm done. Okay. And and I, I bought the studio knowing that I basically bought the mailing list. Okay. And that's, uh, that's, the, that's usually the key in every business. It's your customers. Yes, because right. I, knew that I knew a lot of the people having been a student there uh -huh. and, and teaching there for, for about the last year. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I could just get the people back in and put like a good spread of classes together that pe mm -hmm. the people would come back if I just put like a sign on the outside of the right. building and, and, and built a website and, and I did. Wow. And, and so you, uh, based on your skills, you were able to turn that around too, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay. And then what happened? Yeah. So did you still keep it? Did you sell it after? How I long did you up, have the studio I, for? I kept the studio for five years mm -hmm. and I built it up to the point where I had 15 employees and it got to, it, it got to a point where it was a full-time job for me, but it only had, um, it, it only had a part-time income. Ah, okay. And it was the, the type of industry where everybody that was that owned a studio in my area mm -hmm. either had another job mm -hmm. and they just kind of did this on the side mm -hmm. and or they had um they they had a, a spouse, spouse right. that had that had a full time job that said, Oh yeah, we have the money, you can go ahead and do that. Right. So this is like a, a something to do on the side, a side hustle basically, but not yeah. for somebody who wanted to use that as their main income. Yeah, it, it wasn't okay. a plausible business model okay. to, to do that. Okay. So I ended up selling the business. I sold it for six times what I paid for it. Awesome. And and it's it's still it's still there today and everybody everybody knows the the name and mm -hmm. um but it was time for me to 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 do other things. I had bigger and better things that I wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about a little bit about, you know, so you, we were talking about, you know, raising daughters, right? So mm -hmm. you were yes. saying that, um, you know, your, what was your first uh, feeling when, when you found out that you were, you know, expecting and you, you knew you were having a girl? She's your oldest, right? She is my oldest. Okay. And, and I had convinced myself that I was having a boy. Um, and, and when I found out that I was having a girl, I, I, I honestly went home and cried oh. because I had this image that like I, for the longest time, I didn't even want to have kids because mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't want to bring them into, I was brought up to, to think my, my mother was very anxious. Mm -hmm. Anxiety tends to run um, through the generations mm -hmm. and she just tried to, she spent so much energy trying to convince me that the world was a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. 
oh, this is what happens when girls hitchhike. And mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you have all the things you shouldn't be going oh. out alone. Don't dress like that. Don't look at yeah. the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just be, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Right. And I, and, and I did, I internalized a lot of that. And, and I was afraid that, um, that I was bringing a girl into this world and, and I, and she was going to be super vulnerable mm-hmm. because I mean, I'm, I'm five two mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I have to f- had to face the the harsh reality that if if I'm walking someplace at, at night, I'm walking on a path, and and somebody wants to pull me into the bushes, mm-hmm. and they're bigger than I am, it's it's hard to fight them off. It's it's hard to imagine that I would be able to fight them off. I mean, right. I'm a tough girl, so I would I would give them <laughs> uh, give it my best shot trying. Mm-hmm. But I I was afraid to bring a girl into that situation because I didn't want her to have to be vulnerable like mm-hmm. that. Because mm-hmm. growing up with all my experiences, right. that's what I learned, that being mm-hmm. a girl meant to be vulnerable. Ah, okay. And, but- So what when changed? I, when, when I stopped and thought about it, because now mm-hmm. I had to face this, I had to look it in the face. There was no going back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and I really, and, and when I thought hard about it, I realized as much as that was what was told to me, that was what the-, the the paradigm supposedly was, mm-hmm. I didn't personally feel vulnerable. I felt like I was like a, a very tough cookie. Mm-hmm. I had like, I had like, I was in like relationships mm-hmm. where people, where the, the, the guy would say to his friends in front of me, mm-hmm. like, I, I would, we, they were talking about domestic violence. I would never hit her. She would hit me hit back. Me back. She, <laughs> she could, she could take me. I would never touch her. And, <laughs> and, and I realized I'm, I'm like, I'm not weak. I'm the opposite of weak. Why can't I bring a girl into this world and teach her to be a strong girl, right. you know, like, and, and, and to not have all these fears. Right. And my daughter's 20 now. And, mm-hmm. and really that's, that's what I've done. And I'm super proud of her. I remember her being in, in fifth grade. She, she wanted the, in the worst way to go to this gymnastic sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a week and it was in Pennsylvania. I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. And her dad and I were like, mm-hmm. she was in second grade, like wait till you're older. Right. And then finally in, in fifth grade, she, she went and she spent the whole weekend and they weren't allowed to have any electronics. So mm-hmm. we couldn't text her, hey, mm-hmm. how's it going? And at the end, when we went to pick her up at, on Saturday, she's mm-hmm. like, I loved this. Mm-hmm. It was great. I can't mm-hmm. wait to go back next year. And she had gone with um, she had gone with one of her friends. And then the next year came around and she wasn't friends with that girl anymore. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, do you still want to go? You really have nobody to go with. And she mm-hmm. said, of course I want to go. She says, I'll just go there and I'll meet people. Why would I not go? Right. <laughs> like, right. So it was a very I, different mindset from how, when we were growing up, we we're like, Oh, if you don't know anybody, you shouldn't go. Cause you know, exactly. you're be alone. And yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah. Friends. yeah. And I was just so, I was just so impressed with her. She's like, who cares? I'll just go and meet people when I get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that too. I think the next generation is much stronger, bolder, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it probably has to do with, you know, re-raising strong young women. So I think yes. we should be proud of that. <laughs> Absolutely. We should be proud of that. Yeah. And then there are also so many more opportunities for, for women. It's not the same world mm-hmm. that it's not the same world that I grew up in. Oh, sure. definitely not. And I think a lot of us, you know, in, from, in the generation are 
um, we still have a lot of that mindset because, you know, we're kind of conditioned to think like that. Mm-hmm. And it takes something drastic or, you know, as we live vicariously through our daughters, you know, to kind of get out of that, kind of mentally shake ourselves out of that. And it's like, hey, you know, it's not the same as how it used to be. Things right. are very different now. And all we need to do is, if you want to do something, just go ahead and do it. Exactly. And, and there's nothing if, wrong with that. You don't have to ask anybody's permission. And I exactly. think that's a huge, that's, I think that is a huge difference in how it used to be. I know a lot of times I'm stuck in that and I'm like, wait a minute, why can't I do it again? You know, um, you have to ask yourself that, right? Before you... It, Exactly. Oh, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and now, you know, we, we can, it's like, well, I want to have my own business. Okay. Then, then I'm going to go do it. And then nobody's going to stop me. Right. No, that's awesome. So as um, you know, now your, your kids are grown, um, you know, um, you had the yoga studio, you gave that up uh, and now you're starting your own business, right? So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Some of the lessons you've learned, you know, because you, you're like a phenomenal businesswoman being able to convert stuff that people don't even see it and bring profit to that and then realize, okay, I'm done with this. Now I'm going to move on to the next big adventure. So what is your next big adventure? My next big adventure is something that I learned along the way um, through all the, the, the burnout of working too many hours with, without um, without taking without self care, mm-hmm. and I I used to get very uh, emotional about things, and mm-hmm. and not that I'm apathetic now, mm-hmm. but I had to learn how to how to manage those emotions. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I took a course uh, a long time ago, and 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 I and I'm taking um, and, and and some of the things that I learned from this course, and I've I built upon it in in my head mm-hmm. um, ways to to speak, to be taken more seriously. Okay. Um, the, and as, it, especially as women, mm-hmm. we tend to, because of that way that we've, we were raised, mm-hmm. we tend to be over apologizers. Yep. Yep. It's just like apologizing for our existence. Oh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're not bothering me. Right, <laughs> this, right. You're asking me a question and, and this is my job to answer your question. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's like, yeah, just stop apologizing. Yes. And, 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 and things like I've, I found that just simple phrasings. It's, oh, so-and-so hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. It's like um, newsflash. Nobody can hurt your feelings. You choose what your feelings are. Oh, right? okay. And and to be able to say my feelings, to, to be able to say my my feelings were hurt. I was angry when I heard so 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 say that. Mm-hmm. That's so much more powerful mm-hmm. than that person made me angry. Right. Because you've chosen, you've you weighed the situation and you've chosen your emotion. Right. And when you once you realize that you have that choice, mm-hmm. then you can choose maybe to act differently. Mm-hmm. Because maybe in a situation where you got angry, maybe when, when you assess it and realize you have a choice, you might say, you know what, it's that other person's problem. If they're going to feel like, if, if they're going to act like this, well, then that's their issue. And I'm going to choose not to be affected by that. Right. So it's not my problem just because, or it's not, it's not my fault or it's not my problem because the other person is angry because I yes. don't have to, de- I can choose whether to deal with it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. I think a lot of us probably, you know, we're in a situation or a social situation where we're like together with a group of people and somebody acts out or acts, 
you know, in a way that's inappropriate and you, and you feel responsible. It was like, wait a minute, I don't have to be that, you know? It, I mean, there's one thing about, uh, you know, being together in a group and looking out for that person. But if a person chooses to be, you know, like you were saying, you know, choose to act in a certain way, you don't have to be responsible for every single thing that's happening around you. Exactly. Okay. You know, it's, it's kind of like going back to my, um, when I left my dad's business mm -hmm. and yes, he, he got, he got mad initially mm -hmm. and he acted out and maybe he said things that he regretted, mm -hmm. but I could, I could have crawled away with my tail between my legs and, mm -hmm. and it said, Oh, my daddy doesn't love me. And what, mm -hmm. oh, this, it's like, and again, that's all part of it. It's like, what does this mean? Oh, it right. means that he doesn't love me anymore. And, and that's not the case. He had, right. he was going through a lot and, and if, and he chose anger at first, mm -hmm. but how I chose not to personalize that mm. because I knew that I was doing what was best for both of us. And I think that is extremely powerful. Yes. Right? And I make, uh, I'm sure, how did you, I mean, I'm sure that made you powerful too when you realize, oh my God, I can make a decision and I'm, and I can live with it and oh, yes. it's it was such, to be such okay. Yes. Right. And, and it was okay. And, and I just, my business is dedicated to helping people um, choose their words, choose their reactions so they can be more productive and to minimize the suffering because the mm -hmm. mental anguish that goes along with mm -hmm. thinking, oh, that person's going to hate me forever. And, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said it. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's so unproductive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so basically you're teaching them how to say the right words so they don't have to deal with those kinds of thoughts, you know, because it's after right. the fact that you're like, maybe I should have said this, maybe I should have said that. So even before you think about that, here's how you would address a situation. And these are the words that you would choose. So you have a course, is that what you have? Like, yes, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm in the process of doing right now. I'm developing that course. Okay. All right, cool. Um, so, so, um, you, you, I know you've been working on this for a while, right? So knowing, you know, you've talked about, you know, um, raising strong women based on your, um, background, your relationship with, you know, a very, uh, working in the, I would say quote unquote auto, you know, auto industry kind of mm -hmm. people. Um, what would you, knowing all the stuff that you know now, right? What would you advise your younger self? On, on just dealing with situations and, and, and with the mindsets of people, how would you, how would you advise your younger self? I would, I, I would advise her to, to, to stay strong, mm -hmm. to not take things so personally, mm -hmm. um, to, to stand tall for what it was that, that she believed in mm -hmm. and to practice self-care for sure. Mm -hmm. And to, to recognize when a situation is is not working anymore and to be be strong enough to make the, the the changes because sometimes things work for a while but then situations change mm -hmm. and it's time to and it's time to go that i think i think that is is really important you know yes. to, to be able to recognize when you need to leave because at some point of time it's like it's not worth staying anymore right exactly it's um like for for example it's it's so common for people to if they have to get another job it's oh i failed mm -hmm. it's like no sometimes just sometimes the management changes i had a job where the, the management all changed mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like the whole work environment was terrible mm -hmm. and it, it was just in and 
people just like fled like like rats because mm-hmm. it, it just became it became absolutely toxic. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I failed as an employee. It was mm-hmm. just circumstances changed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um and I think that getting to the point where you can see that, I think that itself is a huge accomplishment. Right. Because a lot of times we're so deep into the issues we don't even realize that we have an option. Right. Exactly. So standing up and just taking a look around, it's like, you know what? It's okay if I leave. It's fine. The business will still flourish, you know. Right. Uh, and, and I'm and gonna I, be okay. And I think that it's it's common to say, Oh, what if I can't find another job? And but it's like I I have a really good health package here, but if if you're not happy and it's and it's a horrible environment, mm-hmm. it's like you you're you know it's finding the confidence to say I'm talented and I will find another job. Right, and I think that's what your course is also kind of talking about, right? Choosing the words so that you can feel better about how you assess the situation. Correct. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And to be able to to communicate and and get another job, to be able to sell yourself. In an, in an interview, mm-hmm. like, hey, I have these skills and mm-hmm. to be able to recognize in yourself that you even have those skills in the first place. Okay. And I think that I think that's a very uh, crucial skill to have, especially in the current economy, the way things are. So do you want to talk a little bit about your uh, course, if people need to find you, if they want to sign up, how will they get a hold of you? Or do you have a website? Um, I do have a website. It's debwertz, W-E-R-T-Z.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media. It's uh, the, the, the username is at choose underscore your words. And the your is you are. You are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now I'll put that in the show notes as well. So that people, if they need to get a hold of you or, you know, uh, look you up on, um, on social media, they have a way to do that. Yes, absolutely. Anybody who has questions or who would like to get on my mailing list to stay in in touch with me as I develop this course, they can sign up on my website. Awesome. And I think I'm seeing amazing things happen, especially after listening to your story and how you can change businesses around. I'm sure you'll be really successful and I wish you the very best of luck. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks a lot, Deb. And I will be talking to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.